Straight from the Duck Pond, this is Groover Solutions. I'm your host, Chuck Groover. <clears throat> and when I set out to kind of redo this podcast, I didn't intend for it to really be a crypto-based podcast, but three, week- three weeks in a row, and I'm talking about crypto. But also, don't be surprised if future episodes I'm on other subjects. It's just, right now, some of these topics within the crypto community are what's interesting me. And the best way of keeping a podcast going is just talking about what interests you. And the topic I was thinking of talking about this week actually kind of got sealed in pretty much throughout the week, and that's because pretty much right after I recorded last week's episode, I got thinking, where last week I talked about how all of us in the crypto community need to be what I call crypto evangelists. We need to be out there telling not just people who don't know about crypto about the benefits, the possibilities, the potential it has, but also helping governments, financial institutions, businesses, pretty much helping anyone who either doesn't know or understand crypto or right now has kind of an antagonistic approach to it to at least accept slash tolerate crypto and not hate the concept of crypto. And after talking about that, I got to thinking a lot of people talk about this basically area as being kind of like the Wild West. There's no real regulations, no no rhyme or reason with it really, it seems like at times. And... To be honest, that does hurt the community a bit, is the lack of rules, the lack of structure, really. And for this concept of structure within the community, for lack of a better term, I will refer to as regulations, because some of what I'll be talking about is in regards to kind of a regulatory approach. And it, as I said, it kind of that kind of got sealed in to what I am talking about this week because this past week, um, the SEC has filed a number of subpoenas either to ICOs or to the exchanges that have been putting the ICOs on their exchange to make sure that they're complying with SEC regulations for at least us US-based people. But then also on Twitter, and it's... And this also goes with things I've mentioned the last two weeks with the IRS. I saw someone post uh, on Twitter during the week that the IRS considers crypto property, the CFTC considers it a commodity. The SEC considers it a security. FinCEN 
wants to consider it money. I got in before the CDC considered a pandemic. And to an extent, that is what we're facing right now, is the fact that you have these... The CDC aside, because that part was really a joke, but you have these four financial regulatory bodies in the U.S. that each want to have cryptocurrencies, this whole crypto area, filed under its jurisdiction. And to an extent, each of them does have a legitimate claim because there are some cryptos that, are, that function more like property. There are some that function more like a commodity. There are some that function as a security. And Bitcoin started out really to be a form of money. And we have a number of others in, throughout that are designed to be a form of money, such as Litecoin, Dash, Monero, Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin Private now. And to an extent, we really, as a community, need to kind of get together, define terms. And not just define terms, but willingly place each crypto under the heading that it would properly fit. I mean... As far as regulations, really, as a community, we have two approaches. We can either self-regulate or we can wait for governments to come in and tell us exact what it's going to be and how it's going to be without taking really anything into account. I mean, right now in the U.S., we've had, a, I'm not sure how high up in the Supreme Court, but one of the U.S. court judges really has already declared cryptocurrencies are commodities, which means if, unless someone brings up a case against him to, or to a higher court proving otherwise, the SEC has no claim as securities, FinCEN has no claim as money, but we have, but it would have to fall under the rules of the CFTC, and the IRS probably doesn't really care because, as a commodity, they still get the capital gains tax, rather than. See, the IRS wouldn't care if it falls under SEC or CFTC jurisdiction because it they'd still get capital gains tax, with, with the cryptos. But if it were to fall under, FinCEN, as money they would then have to change the tax structure to income rather than capital gains. But when you look at it, I mean, as I said, we really as a community should, rather than waiting for governments to come in and tell us what cryptos are, we should be defining them now, we should have been defining them before now. I mean, the book Crypto Assets, I haven't read the whole thing, but in it, the authors talk about how, at the time that they're writing, there were three basically different crypto assets. You had your cryptocurrencies, it had what you called 
crypto commodities and crypto tokens. And they are they all have really different properties. And whether we take just those three distinctions or take the distinction of money, commodity, property, security, or just drop the property and take the other three as the headings, as a community, we should be going and saying, okay, these cryptos fall under this heading and call and actually refer to them as like cryptocurrencies. These fall, these primarily fall, their primary fo function is a commodity. So it's going to be a crypto commodity. These set of tokens and coins, their primary function is more like a security. So they are the crypto securities. And we really should be doing that because to an extent, if they see us as a community making these clear distinctions rather than treating everything the same, even when they're not, they're going to, they would be more likely to recognize that and lean more towards, if not adopting our the breakdown that we make to making a similar breakdown to make their working of regulation easier on them. I mean, if you remember from the Senate hearings a month ago, the SEC was saying how because of hiring freezes and everything, they don't have or at least at the time, they didn't have the ability to properly, if they were given full regulatory control, to properly regulate. And a lot of it's because they would have to put manpower into, one, monitoring everything. Monitoring, I mean, there's over 1,500 cryptos right now. Or, if not over 1,500, there's close to it. And... With every ICO that comes out, and every hard fork, and just every new creation of a new coin, that number increases. And if they have, <clears throat> if they see that we as a community have gone and divided up and said, okay, these ones fall on, fall on, are falling under securities because. I'm not sure exactly the definition of security, but I think it, but let's say it's just like the token set or where the token doesn't really have any use other than just showing kind of some sort of ownership or support of the project. Basically, the token is not used for how they're using the blockchain or, or whatnot. Plus, I know there's the concept of the security tokens that are actually coming out that I see some people on Twitter um, actually talking about is the next wave of really tokens that are going to be using the blockchain are, are these security tokens where again it's not really the token being used for the technology but it's more of a token to provide like a vote and in the use of the technology or the or in how the blockchain is used used or 
a vote for those that are put into the blockchain. Like, I remember hearing about a group that was doing telemedicine where basically those that hold the coin or the token, the token isn't used for what they're using the blockchain for. The token is used to vote on whether or not the medical prof professionals that apply to be part of the project to be one of these doctors that gets notified when someone wants basically through the internet to be for a telediagnosis these doc basically the tokens that allows the people to who who have those tokens to basically say okay looking at his credentials yes he can be a doctor that's part of this network or no we don't feel that he is properly credentialed to be a doctor as on this network at this time or at all. And we basically go, go and say, okay, that's, that's a security token. And then you have some of the tokens that, or, or the currency, basically the cryptos that are more of like the platforms that while it's not used as really money for anything to run on that platform, it needs that token or that coin to for the for anything built on it to to operate. Ethereum's an example. Anything that's running on Ethereum has to use an Ethereum has to use Ethereum be in order to properly run as far as from what I understand and so not only do, do some of these ICOs that are being built on Ethereum have their own tokens that either operate as a security or operate as part of or as a use for what they're using the blockchain for but when you use that blockchain it's also using Ethereum to as what it as a protocol that it's running on so it needs Ethereum for that too and I might be having might not be properly describing that I know as I said the, the authors in crypto assets kind of describe the concept of a crypto commodity a lot better but I know that they mentioned that Ethereum is pretty much really a crypto commodity as opposed to like Bitcoin and Litecoin and Monero and Dash and all of those. But then not only do we need to really work on self-regulating in that way, but to an extent we also should kind of be looking at it in the form of our exchanges as well. I mean, as I said, the SEC has sent subpoenas to a number of the exchanges that are listing ICOs. And some people think that the dump this last week, besides being the Japanese, the Mt. Gox whale, and a number of other, the Binance hack, that these the fear the regulatory fears of the SEC 
subpoenaing these exchanges because of of listing ICOs. And the thing is, they're going after the exchanges that they feel are breaking securities rules with listing these ICOs. But if we kind of were to differentiate our exchanges, have, yeah, the exchanges that do deal with things like the ICOs and the commodity type and security type tokens that would fall under like the SEC and the CFTC rulings, but then also have separate exchanges, kind of like what we have with Coinbase and GDAX and Gemini, that what they offer is kind of the on-ramp, but it's a way, it's, they don't deal with the security tokens. They don't deal with these tokens that aren't used or aren't designed as money. I mean, to an extent, you could kind of argue against it with the fact that like Gemini and Coinbase both started out pretty much with Bitcoin and Ethereum. And Ethereum, according to like the Crypto Assets book, is a commodity, a crypto commodity, not a cryptocurrency. But you do see Ethereum being used as money. So, I mean, there is... And that, that's the other problem with trying to do this is we do have overlap because you, especially with the platform cryptos like Stellar and Ethereum where, yeah, it's a platform, but also it's designed to kind of, whether intentionally or unintentionally, be used as a means of general transactions as well. I mean, one way I would probably look at it is more, okay, for one set of exchanges, does this token or coin have its own distinct blockchain? Or is it piggybacking or being built on top of another's blockchain. In other words, is it like Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin, where it is its own distinct blockchain, meaning it's not running on another's blockchain, it doesn't rely on another crypto to operate, or is it more like Omise Go, or right now EOS, or Augur, or pretty much just about all of the ICOs where it's being built on top of another's blockchain, such as NEO or Ethereum, or I think even Stellar is having, is looking at having other. I'm not sure if they're having other cryptos being built on it, but they're designed to have other, 
to basically have blockchains run on it. IBM, I remember hearing, was talking about partnering with Stellar for something. But basically, that's really what we need to do. We need to define terms. We need to kind of self-regulate right now before, like, the U.S. Gov for those of us in the U.S., the U.S. government comes in and says, okay, this is how it's going to be. This is what it's going to look like, regardless of what anyone else says or does. We should be showing them, this is what the community is. This is how it's really broken down. We will help you by simplifying things out so you can understand which is more your jurisdiction as opposed to the C. So we could tell like the SEC, okay, this group here clearly falls under your jurisdiction. This group here, they're more of the CFTC's jurisdiction, so you don't have to, so you don't have to worry about trying to regulate that area. Let the CFTC worry about that area. Use your valuable resources where they are. I mean, we don't, I know as a community, because a lot of this rose up out of the whole concept of less regulation, less government oversight. I mean, there's conferences that the whole crypto community is a part that's also part of the non, basically non-governmental type community, the anarchist community, the anti-government community, but there's also a number that, while we're not that far against regulation, we do re you do need to realize that Regulation does help in a way because it helps really protect us if done right. And if we self-regulate and actually help the governments with figuring out how to regulate cryptos, then it's really going to help us rather than regulations that hurt us. And that's really all I just wanted to talk about this week. And as far as what I talk about next week, it might be a crypto. It might, I might have something else I want to talk about. So just remember, I did not set out for this to be a crypto podcast, even though it looks like it is kind of turning out to be that way. So again, from the Duck Pond, this is Chuck River signing out.